This is Podcast for Columbus. Recording from Columbus, Ohio, home of the hardest working team, Coda Stewart, Cameron McKay, Max Brunke, and Todd Fichtenberg are talking all things soccer. Columbus Crew, International, Premier League, and everything in between. Welcome to our conversation. Welcome to this, the fourth conversation of season three. We're coming at you live from the Northland Crew Corner, and I'm here with Dakota Stewart at Coda Stewart. He needs no introduction, but I am Todd Fichtenberg at Todd33. How are you doing, sir? Uh, could be better. Yesterday was quite a disappointment. That's putting it mildly, so. Very mild. Let's go ahead and jump right into the game. Last night, the crew played the Philadelphia Snakes and got zero goals and zero points, but had three goals scored on them. Mm, it was rough. What does that snake have to do with anything anyway, by the way? I, I really don't get it. I don't know. I think it's the don't tread on me thing that goes back oh. however many years. I did think it was cool that the crew Twitter had tweeted the snake emoji. Oh, yeah. That has got to have been on purpose. Well, it was it was about Philly, so. I know. I know, but it was still, <laughs> I still feel like still I've never seen the snake emoji. We would have never crew. seen the front office tweet that last year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, you're getting it. But, yeah. All right. So, the lineup was obviously a little bit different. Yes. We had, up top, we had Patrick Mullins. Uh, we'll get to this later, but I was really excited to see him play, and I'll be excited to never see him play again. Um, <laughs> Robinho, Iguain, and Santos were your attacking midfielders. We had Clark and Artur as holding mids, and we'll get to them too. And in the back, we had Jimmy, Saro, Mensa, and Awful. And in goal, we had Joe Bendick, who never stood a chance, even if he had a sub, uh, a shutout. The crew fans would have never, ever, ever given him a chance, but we'll get to that, too. Yeah, and uh, just for the record, uh, we had a different roster. Zach was injured. Uh, he came, um, or he, d- he didn't leave for international duty. He was injured uh, prior to the past game with the crew. Um, Will Trapp and Jesse Zardes, they were international duty U.S. men's national team. Justin Merrim was with Iraq, and Waylon Francis was with Costa Rica. Yeah, so I'm still a little suspicious of that uh, Zach Steffen injury. Not that I'm complaining, but uh, it did seem kind of convenient that he had to back out at the last second. I feel like they had to seat him at this game as a result of, of him backing out, which in hindsight may not have been great, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just saw that it was a knee injury. I'm not sure the severity of it, but it's done. Can't come, can't really complain about it now. And then Philly didn't even have enough to field an 18. They had a 15, so <laughs> so they did. So their like C D E squad. Uh, we'll get to that later. Also, uh, kind of annihilated us. Um, but David Akam, who he was with Chicago Fire before, right? Yeah, he was with the Fire before. Yeah, and he always scored against us with the Fire. And, and he was and up there with Pico, yeah, Pico, Aronson, um, Bedoya. I don't know how to say his name. Ilsenio. Yes, Ilsenio. That's not what was being said on the broadcast, but uh, well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> then in the midfield, oh man, Medunjanin. I'm sure that's wrong. And then in their defense, Wagner, Trusty, which is a great name for a defender. Elliot, Gaddis, and then Cornell in goal, who got the shutout. So their bench had one, two, three, five people on it. 
So they did not even, weren't even able to field an 18, and yet they still came out strong. Yeah, and this was their first win of the season. Uh, their previous games, they did not look all that great. Uh, to give them credit, though, against Atlanta last week, they they did play a, a decent game, but um, the results haven't shown anything like that. Um, so they were they were definitely a lot more hungry this week. Uh, it looks like they were a lot more motivated than our guys were, which is unfortunate. But I mean, things like that happen. Yeah, and I was actually really excited for the first, I'd say, 11 minutes or so. Um, I don't have the stats to back it up, but it seemed like we were attacking almost the entire time at the beginning, keeping yeah. possession, and I was like, yes, this is great. This is Porter Ball with our B squad. This is awesome. And then it got on awesome very quickly. Yeah, like um, I was taking notes during the game, and all the way up until like the 20th minute, I was like, man, we're passing the ball really well, tight spaces, moving the ball around, keeping good possession. We weren't really doing anything with it, especially in the final third. Uh, we pretty much lost every ball that we took down, the balls that we could get down. But, I mean, uh, midfield was good. Our, our defensive positioning was good for the first 20 minutes. And then I don't know what happened after that. It's just like we flipped a switch and we were a completely different team. Um, after that, going into the 31st minute is when the first Philadelphia goal happened. Um it, it was a through ball, went right between Jonathan Mensah and Harrison Awful. Uh, Bendik came out a little bit, and Akam just put enough flick on it. It went past Bendik to the uh, to the far post and um, took a knock off the post and went right in the back of the net. So it it was bad. Uh, it, it was a midfield turnover. Uh, people was uh, passing to Mullins. Mullins didn't get there, and um, Philly just got the ball went on the counter and uh, it was a it was a really good goal from Philly to be honest yeah and I don't think that I think the defenders let Bendik down I don't think Stefan saves that ball the only criticism I had on Bendik I know this goes against every single crew crew tweet from last night the only criticism I have is that he didn't do anything he kind of had like the deer in the headlights like what am I going to do he didn't dive he didn't come out further he didn't he didn't really command the area but I don't to be honest, the way that even um, Mensa coming back, kind of, he didn't recover fast enough. Right. And the ball coming from a break, like we should have been attacking, but Pipa's bad pass got intercepted and they came back real fast and the defense just didn't recover fast enough. And Was it they a bad lay- pass or a bad reception? <laughs> I think it might be a combination of both, but I'm going to say since uh, Pipa was trying to be fancy all game, I feel like I'm putting that, not the whole goal, but at least the start of the goal. I'm yeah, putting I mean, that mostly on him, to be honest. I mean, it was just a team error. Um, everybody uh, basically just lost it during that play. Uh, like like you mentioned, you can't really put it on Bendik. Um, Zach may have been able to get it, but that's because Zach is a international goalkeeper um, going to the Premier League. I mean, we can't really compare the two just because they're on the same team. They're at a completely different level, and I think that's what people have to realize Um that that really wasn't an easy shot to sh- uh, to save. It was actually a really good goal and good quality from uh, Akam. So props it was, to him. Yeah, great quality and also a complete collapse at the back and at the midfield by the crew, which is kind of mm-hmm. which is kind of what happened the rest of the night. Um, yeah. Even the second goal, like to be completely honest, uh, I don't remember how what led to it, but Akam like put it in the one degree that he could have put it in the entire goal. Right. Um, it went on the short side right behind Bendik and 
again, I'm not sure what he would have done, but same criticism. I wish he would have done something. Even if he leapt and completely missed the ball, at least it would have been perceived as he made some sort of effort to save it. And I think right. that's why the crew fans were all, all, all over Bendik well, all night. W- watching the replay, especially on that goal, um, just leading up to that goal, um, it was a 1v1 with Sorrow. Sorrow lost his footing, fell down. Uh, Mensa was trying to recover, didn't get there. Awful was behind the play. And um, it, it went to Bendik's right side, which was the, the smaller side of the net. But from what I had saw, it looked like Bendik was anticipating him shooting on the, the other side. And he was kind of uh, m- misbalanced in, in that situation. But I mean... But I think that's... I guess a mark of a great striker too is that yeah, yeah, he already definitely. scored once that way, so he already's already in the goalkeeper's mind, and the goalkeeper's like, okay, he's gonna do it again, and then he didn't do it again. Yeah, and he already has more goals this year than he did all entire last year. So, yeah. So the only positive I took away from the first half, there was another corner that Saro almost got his head on. Yeah, it was the was same exact play. The exact play. The only difference was, the only difference was in this case that. Philadelphia must have watched their tape and done things. So I know that's a criticism I've had about Berhalter ball in the back. In the past, it's been so obvious what we're going to do that teams quickly shut it down after after a few games. I don't know if that's the case. They might be watching Sarah more, but uh, it was exciting to actually see us get a potential chance. Right. Yeah, and um, I mean, before Philly scored their first goal, we had gone 295 minutes without conceding. So... You got to take this into consideration. We're not going to win every single game. We're not going to have stellar performances every single game, no matter how much we want and feel that we deserve it. Uh, these kind of games are going to happen every now and then, and you just got to accept it, learn from it, uh, pick out the the mistakes, and stay calm, move on. Yeah, I guess before, I guess it's a nice transition into the second half, but that was my biggest takeaway of the game. Was of course we're going to have losses throughout the season, but. I was a little worried after the first game of the season against the Red Bulls where we literally, their B team dominated yeah. us. And so I thought, well, okay, we'll see what kind of depth we have and the fact that we have no depth, that we have a team that is so reliant on the way that Trap moves the ball, which is crazy to me because I don't think Trap has had a great season this season. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we're so reliant on his movement that we have nothing in the way of backup or plan B. Granted, there were a lot of pieces missing. It wasn't just Trap. It wasn't just Stefan. There were a lot of pieces that changed, but that was actually worrisome to me. So I think I'm going to keep the Sunshine Brigade on at least through the transfer window. But if we don't get quality in either holding mid or attacking midfielder, like I think we're doomed. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm going to keep the uh, the positive vibes up all season, uh, no matter what. Because uh, even coming into this season, I had in my mind, you know, this is going to be a year of testing. Uh, we're, we're trying to rebuild the team. Uh, Caleb came in with a, um, a squad that he's never really seen before. I know that he watched Columbus, but um, never really had the chance to sit with them and, you know, pick out strengths and weaknesses and whatnot. But, um, I think this year is just a, a test and trial year. We really, I, I'm personally not expecting anything major to come from this season as much as we would like. Um, of course, we want to go to playoffs. We want to make a good run, uh, especially U.S. Open Cup. But if that doesn't come to happen this year, next year, I'm very confident that they're going to do the right things to bring in the right players that we need, boost the positions where we're lacking quality. And I, my my focus is on next year. This year is just preparation for 2020. 
Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that, but I also do want, you know, we are spending good money and time to watch this team. So I do want it to yeah. at least be entertaining. So the first three games, I mean, actually were quite entertaining regardless of, of the results. Of course, two wins, I mean, that's always right. entertaining. But uh, but this game was just, just was not good. What we need is um, we need better attacking players. Yeah, We need sure. players that can finish. Um, we've only scored uh, four goals within four games. Um, we've conceded four goals in four games, so we're, we're right at a zero goal differential uh, four games in, which, I mean, it's not terrible given all the circumstances, new coaching staff, uh, a couple new players, um, whatnot, but, I mean, yeah, learn and move on. Right, so at the start of the second half, I was ready for for a FIFA style, the way I play FIFA, three substitutions, and <laughs> get Mullins off the field, which hurts me to say because... He really wasn't good. Oh man, I, I actually I followed his career at New York City. Um, he was he back when MLS did the the MLS Insider about players. That was really cool. I think it used to be on NBCSN way back when they had the league, which I thought wish they still had it. But it's like a really good story. Like oh, it's fun to watch him. I think he went to DC, and then I think it's been fun to watch him draw penalties. <laughs> but oh man. That, I don't even, it's almost like he had an attitude like, I really don't care. Because there was that challenge, it wasn't a red card, but there's that from behind a challenge, yeah. facing our own goal, which I don't know why he didn't get booked yeah, for that. that I'm like, what stupid. are you doing? There's no need for that. So it's just kind of like he, he just lost the plot and didn't care. Yeah. So he was one. I was hoping JJ would come on for. Um, and then I don't think Clark did all that bad. Um, but we kind of didn't really see much of him. But I just to switch it up, I would love to see Argudo come on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm our number one Argudo fanboy, number two Lobster boy, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I really wanted to see him play first of all. Which, by the way, um, zero goals conceded since he's been on the pitch. Just saying, um, Caleb, you listening? <laughs> yeah, midfield boss Luis Argudo, and that's Spanish for Luis Argudo, and <laughs> and the, the third player. I had a harder time with a third player. Maybe you could think to think about it too. But everybody on Twitter is like, "Oh, bring Kempen on for Bendik." I mean, no, that's yeah. that would have been stupid. So, did you think of anybody else that um, you immediately thought, "Well, let's bring it on to see to bring them on to see what happens"? Um, I, I mean, we really didn't have too many options. Uh, the whole team was playing bad, so anybody that came on and uh, gave us a little boost that would have been better. Um, I would have rather seen Sosa come in a little earlier. Uh, maybe in for Pipa. Um, I know I know that he has uh, tested out the the ten role. Um, he's not a quality a, as Pipa is, but I mean, we were we can were, you really say Pipa's been quality this season? He he's been average, but oh. I mean, still looking at Sosa and Pipa, the quality difference is definitely there, obviously. But um, three goals down, there's honestly no coming back from that in forty minutes away. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that third goal, should we? I mean, we can. <laughs> Might um, as well. So yeah, for the third goal, uh, it was a Philly attack. They passed the ball in. There was a lot of ball watching going on. Uh, I think it took a deflection, or I, I don't know if it was a, a cross. Um, but either way, uh, Rubinho he was in the box and tried to be fancy and do a bicycle clearance. Totally did not work out. Ball fell flat, and uh, Philly took a shot, hit off the crossbar, and bounced into the back of the net. Uh, really nothing that Bendit could have done there. Uh, there was ball watching, like I mentioned, from our defenders. We Are didn't you serious? Really... Stefan could have stopped that. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this game was lost only because of Bendik. Only because of Bendik. It's all his fault. There were no other 10 players on the field. but They um, weren't. You're right. There were no other <laughs> players on the field. But yeah, um, the crew just looked lost, honestly. Uh, Philly was really confident starting the second half. They had good ball movement. Um, they just they, they came, came to win, and that's what they did. All right, so let's talk about the actual substitutions were. So the first one was... Um, J.J. Williams for Mullins. What was that in the 50-something minute? Yeah, 53rd minute, Mullins uh, out, and J.J. came in. Which I'm always excited to see an actual attempt at a game-changing substitution before yeah. the 60th. Um, yeah, and J.J., um, oh, yeah. he actually he looked pretty good. He looked um, good. They had this one run of play. Harry crossed it in. Uh, J.J. got his foot on it, but it took a deflection out for a corner. But, I mean, you love to see that um, getting the crosses in and J.J. actually making connection with it. Um, I, I really liked him uh, watching what what we saw in preseason from him and just looking at his college highlights, it looks like he's a really quality player with uh, a high ceiling. So hopefully we can use him, uh, get, get some good performances from him. Yeah. In the post game interview, he was talking about wanting to, to start more and have more minutes. Which yeah, I think yeah. That hunger is very, very good. And we don't rate substitutes on this podcast, but let's just say that he would have had the highest rating had we rated substitutes on this podcast. So. And for the record, he did win uh man of the match poll that the crew put out. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, 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 I haven't really looked at the man of the match. Uh, I have this weird... Honestly, they were, they were bad choices. That's Okay, so that's one thing. They're always bad choices. That don't. It's like almost political. And then I don't think there deserves to be a man of the match for a loss that's a shutout. I really I know, don't. but that's the thing. Like Every time they put out a man of the match, people are like, oh, why are you doing this? Don't do this at a loss. I'm pretty sure that every team has to put out a man of the match poll. I don't know if it's a rule regulation, but... Every single team does it. Win, loss, draw, doesn't matter. It's always going to happen. Fair. It might be so, an MLS mandate. So, yeah. If people can lay off and stop being ridiculous, that would be great. And then the number two substitution was for the number two and the number two lobster boy. So that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, 64th minute, Artur was called out and Luis Argudo came in. Which I thought was cool. I'm still kind of disappointed that he isn't being utilized as an attacker, but for whatever reason, um, he seemed to, to boss that midfield. So that was good. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really get to see too much from him. Um, he did have a couple good passes, um, but nothing really stood out for me. I'm not sure if you saw anything that was no, amazing. I, what I couldn't figure out is whether Philly was slowing down or if the changes actually did affect the game because it might possibly be okay well we've got this game in the bag we don't necessarily need to to attack as hard as we were before Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out that element and plus I was a little annoyed and upset that I wasted my evening on that and so (laughs) I probably didn't pay as much attention as I should have yeah I think it was just Philly more or less uh, just uh, running the clock down getting the points and then Caleb Porter defying all odds decided to use all of his substitutions yeah for the first time this year um, it was the 82nd minute. Robinho came out and uh, Eduardo Sosa came in. Um, I really do like Sosa. I wish we could see him more. Yeah, he brings a spark of energy. But in the 82nd minute, there's nothing you can do about a three goal. Three goal. Yeah, like know. there was nothing that he could have done. He pretty much just came on, get some minutes, get a little playing experience, and even move on. Ma- yeah, even Magic Poopies wouldn't have helped this one because <laughs> we would have needed four goals instead right. of just three. Yeah, but um. All in all, it was a poor performance all around the field. Can't really pin it on one guy. Um, from what I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people are calling out Bendik that uh, the game was mostly his fault. I disagree. I don't think that he was that bad. He had two good saves. 
and all of the goals that were conceded, it it wasn't solely on him. I mean, yeah, I think it's just a combination of bad field play, bad midfield, bad defense, and also if you can't score a goal, the best defense is offense, and our offense was severely lacking, especially mm-hmm. with Mullins on the field, which just was a massive disappointment because I was looking forward to. To seeing Man, him play it. Did Mullins do something to you? Because you've been talking him up. <laughs> no, I just, it was I just talked a bad play. so highly about him. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, man, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's one game. I don't want to judge uh, players that we haven't really seen uh, get a lot of time just solely off of this game. I still think that we have good players. And I don't know. I, I'm just hoping for the best for the next game. Uh, learn from these mistakes. Um, I, I really did like Caleb Porter's interview post game. He was really calm about it. Um, you know, just just being reasonable. This is the first loss. We didn't lose a single game in preseason. We started the season uh, three games in, no losses. So I mean, we're we're doing good things. We've got a lot to build on, and I'm I'm confident with the the future of this team. Yeah, one thing that I found exciting about Porter is he said at halftime. Um, it looked like I didn't really watch the the post game Porter interview, but um, at halftime he said the play was not good enough. I don't know if I've ever heard Burhalter use those words. No, every every single time we lost with Burhalter, he was always like, "Oh, you know, I like the I, I like what we were doing out there, just couldn't get it done." Porter, he's like, he's honest, which yeah, is what we need. Which I love. That's what we need, and that's like Hassenhudel, the current uh, Southampton coach. He was saying. You know, he says that we either win or we learn something. And I'm like, man, I just want you to say these guys played horribly and yeah. they, they need to do better. So I was actually very, very, I was excited about that. Just one like, little offhanded comment that kind of made me like, yes. It's so weird, though, because like I, I never really noticed that about Burhalter until we have this change. Like, Well, I used to joke that Burhalter should be a lawyer because like he never, ever answered the question. He never said anything. He never said anything at all. Even when he was like, oh, we're going to have this presentation about why the team's not doing well. And then we had that PowerPoint presentation on expected goals, and I'm just like, "What is going on?" I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's a great change. I'm I'm enjoying what we're seeing from Caleb. Uh, I think he's got good leadership mentality, and um, I, I think so far I I like his style a lot better than I liked Greg. Yeah, and we had a lot of missing pieces this game, so I'm not sky is falling yet, but um, I do think there are a little bit of cracks of, of worry because we've seen this team collapse in the past when things don't go their way. So yeah. we'll see what happens next week, but let's move on to player ratings. I've gotten a little bit of grief from my player ratings being too high. I don't think you have to worry about that this week. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. Um, first, Patrick Mullins. Um I actually, I think the reason I'm hard on him is hard on him is because I liked him so much. Uh, and sometimes I always wonder what are the coaches seeing when I think a player's good and they don't play. And so that's what was going on in the back of my head. Like, okay, maybe the coaching staff the last year does know that he's you know maybe not as good as they made him out to be. But for this particular game, again, using our FIFA scale where four is the worst, six is average, ten is spectacular. He gets a four. Yeah. Um... I gave him a four as well. He didn't do anything that stood out to me as good. Um, he he just looked sloppy on the ball. Didn't really, or um, he he didn't really create anything. So it, it was a poor performance. We definitely missed what Jossie brings to the to the game, and I think we'll take that into consideration moving forward. Yeah, and then Robinho. Um, I just don't even know what to say. 
Uh, so I'm just going to give him a four. <laughs> uh, Rubinho, I gave him a five. I don't, uh, he, he definitely didn't have a good game by any means, but it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't terrible. He did have a couple good things that I saw, a good ball movement and whatnot, but it, it wasn't good. Yeah, and so moving on to Pipa, um, I have enjoyed, I think he's definitely slowed down this year, but I have enjoyed yeah. his efforts to be creative, but I think his efforts at creativity were misplaced this game, especially, okay, enough of the back heels, enough of the fanciness, enough of the pass to, through three defenders that led to a counterattack and a goal. Let's just, yeah. let's just do normal Pipa stuff. Um, so unfortunately, I also give him a four. Uh, Pipa, I gave him a five. Um, again, didn't have a good game. Uh, he he did try a couple of those fancy flicks and whatnot, but I think that's because uh, the normal players expect that most of the time. What I uh, what I noticed is when those passes didn't come through, it was because they were going to either Clark or Mullins, who aren't necessarily used to receiving those type of passes from him in game because they don't play. Um, so I think Pipa, especially in this game, I think he missed Jassy and Will. Because those are those are the two players that he he links up with, and he didn't have those links last night, but um, still didn't do anything that impressed me. It was a below average game from him, so lock in the five. All right, Pedro Santos. Uh, for the record, I was trying to watch his dives. I think I saw one yeah, for sure dive. I was trying to count that too, and I only saw one that looked like a, a, an actual flop. The other ones were legitimate to the ground because of force. <laughs> yeah, and they said on the broadcast before the game that he was the third most fouled player in the league. So, like, think of Eden Hazard. Um, for one, I think it was 2016, he was the most fouled player in the Premier League, and he does not have a reputation for diving. So, But anyway, Pedro flops the entire game. <laughs> yeah. All 90 minutes, he's on the ground. <laughs> yeah, so I think that, I don't think there's a correlation in the number of Fouls called in the numbers of flops because, yeah, that dude, I feel like he does get fouled. But still, Pedro, even though you're the best attacker on the field, it's still, you know, I'm giving you a five. Uh, for Pedro, I gave him a six. Honestly, he was one of the better players that I saw. Um, he, he did have a lot of turnovers in the final third, but he did have good um, good movement going forward. He put in a couple good crosses that didn't get to anybody because th nobody came into the box to receive it. But um, I, I think it was just an average game from him. It wasn't a, a poor performance that that the other players put out. Um, I, I was I, I don't want to say I was impressed with him because we still uh, we still got the loss and he, he didn't do anything to create a goal. But he was one of the better players on the field in my opinion. Agreed. And so the uh, holding midfield area, um, Clark, um, I'm still, his score may be based on how old he is. I'm just still amazed that, you know, he can still play. And I think he did fairly decent, um, but I gave him a five for effort. Yeah, I gave him a five as well. I'm just not impressed. Uh, there was definitely a lack there. Um, could have done better. But yeah, he, he hasn't really had that much time, like, playing with the team that's true too yeah and so his partner Artur like for me he's one of those players almost like Milton that you almost don't notice because of the stuff that they do well we don't notice Milton this year womp womp but, oh. uh, hopefully next year Rip. but yeah poor guy but um, Artur 
stuck out to me with a lot of bad passes today or last night mm-hmm. and a lot of bad plays, which is highly, highly unusual. So I hope that his confidence isn't shot, but Artur, you get a four for last night. Yeah, and I don't think it's anything that will lack his confidence or uh, take his confidence down or anything because he was playing the other midfield role. He was he was in the trap position, which is a more defensive role, um, which he's not used to. He's more of a box-to-box guy getting the ball forward and whatnot. But he was covering for trap who was out with, with the national team. I, I wasn't really impressed by Arthur. I don't think he, he did well in that position, but it, it's fine because that's not what his job normally is. I gave him a five for this game, but it's easy to, to come back from that. I think he's still a great player. All right, moving on to the back line. Um, Jimmy, Mr. Jimenez, um, he's our Swiss Army knife, which I heard another podcast use my my sling so kind of upset about that but that's right um wow they didn't cite sources they didn't they did not <laughs> against the <a> lawyer <laughs> <laughs> so uh anywho um i i don't even know what to say because he's often the more more seems better on the attacking side of things than the defensive side of things but he lacked in both areas last night so he gets a four really honestly i thought <laughs> I thought Hector was our best defender last night. Oh, man. We had terrible defense, but he didn't do anything that led to the goals. I gave him a six for this game. Yeah, but he also didn't do anything that led to us getting goals either. Well, no, but I mean, that that's not necessarily his role. I I'm, I know that Waylon <laughs> normally goes up the field, but Hector, it, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't think he had that bad of a game. I'm sorry, Hector. Please don't hate me. But yeah, that's what, that's where we're at. It's all right, Hector. Well, the next one, man, I might have to duck for cover, but uh, Sorrow, he may have been the worst player on the pitch other than Mullins, so I'm just going to jump in there and I'm going to move away from the microphone. He gets a four. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, I can't be mad at that. I gave him a five. Um, It it was a bad performance from all four, not all four guys. I, I did like Hector, but the other three, it was a bad performance from all of them. Yeah, do we even need to talk in detail? Because I'll say I gave Mensa a four and I gave Awful a four as well. Uh, I gave both of them fives. I don't think they had a, um, they didn't have terrible games. I I think two of the goals were as a result of Jonathan's lack of, of recovery, which maybe yeah. the other players put him in that position. But he Harry, just, yeah. Harry also looked out of place on yeah. a couple uh, couple occasions as definitely. well. But um, definitely a below average performance from our whole entire team. We know what they're capable of, and we just didn't get uh, the full the full effect this week. And then we have one more player to rate, and then we'll do the referee rating. But Who do we have left to rate? We have Joe Bendick. Oh, was he even out there? He was indeed. <laughs> and, ladies and gentlemen, I would actually give Joe Bendick a 7. Oh, starting to rustle some feathers. <laughs> I am. I, I didn't think he did terrible. He, he could have done a little bit more to get that deer in the headlights, you know, look, um, maybe make a jump, make a move. Um, but he did have two saves. And sometimes you see in goalkeeper's body language when they're like, oh, man, another one. He kind of didn't. Yeah. He kind of didn't give up. So he after had, that third after goal. After the third goal, yeah, he had two massive saves after that. Yeah, after, uh, after the third goal went in, he got up and just yelled at the defense, which I like. I mean, let him have it. They let you down in that position. Um, Unless you're Brad Guzan, then you don't yell at the defenders when you're up five one. Yeah, like because you yeah. just fall down and <laughs> become a bald fraud. But anyway, uh, Bendik, I I don't think that he was bad. 
on any of those goals. He could have maybe done a little better, but there wasn't much that he could have done. Uh, he was just let down by his other teammates. I gave him a six for this game. I think it was an average game, but it, it wasn't. I mean, we definitely missed Zach because of his uh, his abilities and whatnot. But I don't think I don't think Joe was that bad. Yeah, agree. But everyone else, uh, they apparently watched a different game because we <laughs> lost we lost this game just because of Bendik. That's one thing that's amazing about the beautiful game is that people do view it differently. So, yeah, I mean, so it makes it beautiful to each their own. So it makes it beautiful. So go ahead and add us, add us hate or questions. Um, but the referee, I don't even know how to say his name, but Ramy Tushan or something. They keep giving us these new refs. This is his third ever crew, our third ever MLS game. And one thing I thought was interesting, the only reason I bring that up is because he actually refed the crew Philly game last year. Did he really? The, yeah, the one nothing win. So I thought that was oh. kind of interesting. Um, I, didn't, I give him an eight. He didn't do anything that really ticked me off, but he also didn't really have much to call. And he graced Mullins with not giving him a yellow card for that ridiculous tackle. So I think it's an eight. Yeah, um, I, I don't really know how to rate refs, but I, there was nothing that I saw that I got mad at. Um, it was a it was a different decent performance from, or was it a performance decent rating judgment? I don't know. Sounds good. Anyway, the ref wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to bring up before we move on to Atlanta is that Pipa was the captain. So um, I'm always wondering who will be the replacement captain. So. Um, so people had that role. Uh, kind of what we said about Zach Steffen earlier, I think that if there was ever a chance, I, honestly, I would put... It's one of those things that's not even goalkeeping ability, but his ability to drive the team and tell the team what to do, and he's mm-hmm. constantly talking to the team, I think makes makes him captaining material. So Yeah, I would agree. All righty. Well, let's see what's happening um, next week. We get to play the Red Hot Atlanta United. Are they hot? <laughs> yeah, um, Atlanta. It's a seven thirty kickoff next or this coming Saturday, um, March the thirtieth. Um, this is our first seven thirty game this year, right? First seven thirty home game. Yeah, home game. I mean, um, anyway, um, looking at this game, looks like it's going to be nice weather. Looks at the moment fifty two degrees, but that will change about ninety six times this week. So check on Saturday morning. Um, but yeah, it'll probably change about four times between now and then. Yeah, but um, I'm looking forward to this game. I think it'll be a good test. Atlanta is a great team, even though their stats haven't shown that this year. Um, they still have a great squad. They've got talent all around the field. I think it's going to be a, a a tough test for for our guys. Um, it might be. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it's the biggest test this year, but we can say that. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Do you think that the players coming back from international duty will be back in the lineup? Um, I, I don't. When is international duty over, or when is that break over? I don't even know. I actually, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're so prepared. Um, I do know that uh, U.S. national team they have a game on Tuesday. So if they come back straight after that, I would assume that they'll get back to Columbus on Wednesday. But I don't know. I I, I would like for them to play. I will say that. Yeah. I don't want to see what we saw last night again. Yeah, I think in the past we've seen players rested when they come back immediately, so I think that'll play an impact in what happens. They'll either be rested or they'll start and Trap will come out in like the 50th minute or something, and Jossie will come out soon after. Um, 
but I, I hope we get Zach back. I hope he's uh, rested and healthy for this game. Um, but, but yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what to expect regarding our internationals coming in. Um, either way, it, it's going to be a rough game. Or not a rough game, but a, a tough game because of Atlanta's quality all around. Ooh, we're we're sitting here watching uh, Germany and the Netherlands. <sighs> Netherlands just tied it up and let me down two to two. I like the Van Dyke errors; that was nice. But now it's tied. <sighs> anyway, back to the crew. Speaking of players that I'm not a huge fan of, um, Brad Guzan using goals. Yeah. <laughs> so I would love to score lots and lots and lots of goals against him. It'd be incredible. Can and we also, though? Yeah, and also Quota's favorite player, Michael Parkhurst, is a center back for the Atlanta United men's. I thought about Michael Parkhurst returning to Columbus, and I teared up. Tears of joy. I'm just so excited for him to come back to Columbus. And Man, Zach Steffen would have stopped that goal. Come on, Neuer, what are you doing? We're very invested in this uh. Germany game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but I'll, oh man, this is going to be bad because um, I don't think we win this game. So I'm going with a two-one I mean, loss. Mm, I know. It I'm, not, I'm not giving my prediction yet. I'll wait for a little bit. But um, what do you mean a little bit? I mean, let let me get through this and then I'll oh, gotcha. I'll give my prediction. Um, but anyway, Atlanta, we, we don't have a great record against them, and we've only played them a couple times. Uh, crew won one time. We have zero draws, and Atlanta has won four times. Um, every time we go up against Atlanta United, it's it's not pretty. They they do have great players all around their field, um, especially last year with uh, Tata Martino. He was a great coach. Uh, it, it has changed a little bit now that they have their new coach. Uh, what's their new coach's name? It's like who Atlanta? Yeah. I don't remember. The war or something? Yeah, something like that. Because I was thinking all along that um, GBS was going to go there and then he had to go <laughs> to the Galaxy. So I actually, yeah, I wasn't paying much attention. But yeah, um, I think this year with Atlanta, their new coach is a lot less intimidating than Tata was. Um, I say that lightly because it's still a really good team. Um, but last last year we played Atlanta two times. We lost 3-1 uh, to one against Atlanta in Atlanta, and then um, prior to that, in um, it, earlier in the year, we lost again zero to two in Columbus. So last year we didn't get any points against this team. Um, 2017, we did see them in the playoffs. Uh, we'll all remember that game, <laughs> as Adam John would say. <laughs> but yeah, um, that game was a zero-zero draw. Uh, we advanced in the playoffs due to penalties um but overall we are not that hot against atlanta so it'll be depending on the lineup is it it is how i'm going to judge this game oh that's a good point but i need you to give some sort of score prediction for the podcast (sighs) just because i always pick the crew to win i'm just going to go with a one nil win Ooh, one nil that'd be exciting i don't think that we can score a lot of goals against this team and i hope that we can keep them uh at zero that would be great um but uh joseph martinez he's a threat um if they can ever find a way to get uh pd martinez to contribute he's gonna be good he hasn't been good at all this year so far yeah which is surprising to me because 
uh, I watched him when he was at River Plate in Argentina, and he was really good. I was expecting a lot more from him coming yeah. in this year. Well, maybe he they need time to gel as well. Yeah, I mean, they they brought in a couple guys. They have a new coaching staff as well, uh, same as us. So they're pretty much in the same boat. It'll just come down to who wants it more. Right. Well, on that note, I'm happy you predicted a win again. But uh, I forgot to update the standings last week, so I'll do it today. It's not really that hard um, because Coda basically how many wins we have is how many points Coda will have. <laughs> Unless for some reason he gets the score exactly right. So Coda's in the lead with two points. I have one point. Cam has goose egg. Um, so our Philly score predictions, Coda and I predicted wins. Cam predicted a draw. And he predicted a high-scoring draw of 2-2. We were all so far off the mark that I don't even want to like talk about that anymore. So moving on. Yeah, and... um. Just another thing, uh, current standings right now, Crew has seven points. Um, we have four goals in four games. Atlanta currently has two points. Um, they have played three games and scored two goals. Uh, they are off this week because MLS likes them and gives them a break for international break, unlike the Crew. <laughs> it's my understanding, actually, that the teams pick which which breaks they want to have a bye week on. So, oh, really? That's my understanding. I'm not 100% positive on that, but I think that when you next year, I think you'll see us be more competitive in fighting for good schedules and good things like that. I mean, I would rather play this break and not have to play in September or whenever the next, uh, when is the fall break? It's yeah, and like I think September you'll see that there were only four MLS games this weekend, so I think that was most of the team's philosophies. Yeah. But, but with us having to rush the schedule so quickly... My guess is, my hunch, I have no inside information, but my hunch is next week, next year, um, we may actually care about those things, whereas the last five years, nobody could have given two hoots less. So I yeah. really hope, um, I really hope that we see better scheduling. Either way, though, MLS But I mean, even should... our first game in March, was it second? Was it second the first game? I don't even remember anymore. Uh, but, it was. But, but the early yeah, March, March game, we still had, even though we have our team, they gave us a home game. Yeah. So... Clearly, they still don't care about us. So hopefully, whoever's in the front office that's in charge of scheduling will really, really push. Yeah, I hope so. Um, anyway, MLS playing during the international break is just dumb. I wish we would stop doing that. Yes, that's true. That would be great. But that would be commonsensical, and that's something that does not exist in the MLS front office. So. Not at all. You hate to see it. Yep, that's the league we cho- we've chose our team from. All right, well, I think that is all that we have crew-related, unless you have anything else to add. I do not. All right, so... Um, do, were there any Twitter questions? I forgot to check. We had one, I believe. Let's answer that question. I will pull that up and answer this very important question. Yeah, don't forget to use that hashtag, AskPE4C. It's oh, so easy I didn't, to remember. I didn't even include that in the in the tweet. Oh, thanks. Rip. All right, so uh, we did have one question. Um, comes from Steve Abreu. He said, does Harrison Awful lack incentive to complete passes to his own teammates? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Abreu has hated Harrison Awful um, all along. But yes, for this game, I think the answer is yes. Overall, I think the answer is no. Yeah, um, Harry, he's still a quality player. Didn't have a name for this game um, as the rest of the team didn't. I'm not going to take this performance as uh, a judgment call on any of these players. So, got to hang in there. Happens every now and then. All right. So, 
crew talk is done. A um, couple things to note international level. Uh, the U.S. men's national team played this past uh, Thursday against Ecuador. They won one to zero. Awesome. Jesse I watched that whole game. <laughs> Jesse Zardes uh, scored the only goal in that game. It was a great goal. He definitely meant to do that. Um, Absolutely. He shot, took a deflection off the defender. It kind of rainbowed over the goalkeeper and gave us the three points. Um, this game was just imagine a normal Burhalter yeah. crew game from last year, like one of the most boring ones. And I was glad I didn't watch because that's what I heard. That's yeah. what I heard. And that's what happened. Um, there was really no, no excitement. There was a lot of possession, but nothing done with it. Um, I did like Tyler Adams' play. Uh, he was impressive, uh, even though he was playing at right back, which a lot of people question Burhalter on that. Um, I don't think he was necessarily poor in that position, but I would prefer to see Yedlin in that position and get Tyler Adams back up the field where he belongs so that he can actually help the offense and score more than one luck goal. But uh, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to uh, build on from that game. Um, but But looking ahead to this Tuesday is when the national team plays again against Chile. I hate Chile, so <laughs> hopefully they can uh, just destroy them. Uh, Didn't they invent mate? No. <laughs> oh, uh, that's right. That's Uruguay. My bad. Uh, anyway, moving on. Well, I just want to say one thing about that game. I hate international friendlies. I think they're a complete waste of time and space. Yeah. Weston McKinney out with an ankle injury. Yeah. And a meaningless friendly. A horrible... Well, actually, it wasn't even that horrible of a tackle, but he landed. That I did see because I had it on and my dad called me. He's like, oh, did you see this off? I'm like, why did you, why did you show me that replay? I don't want to see his Have leg bent. Have you seen how, bent. how long is he out? <laughs> um, this just says out for... ESPN says out uh, for Chile, but it doesn't say... Um, to my knowledge, it doesn't say for how long, but I mean... I mean, he didn't look terrible, but it, it definitely is a wasted injury that shouldn't be happening. So who's his club team? I don't remember. Uh, he's with Schalke. I thought he was in the Bundesliga. I couldn't remember which team, though. Well, actually, in that case, um, since I'm a Dortmund fan, Schalke, you know, who cares? Go pound salt. <laughs> like, no, I'm just kidding. I don't ever want to wish an injury on a player ever. But Especially um, a Yank lad. But yeah, exactly. And then so I, I just hate international friendly so much. I hate it because it ruins the MLS schedule. I hate it because of potential for injuries, and you don't learn anything because you don't have the normal call-ups. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. This is like the last preparation of these two games before the Gold Cup, which is a competition that I don't oh, really care Oh, the Gold Cup. About. I care so much about that. Yeah. The Gold Cup is basically the equivalent of U.S. Open Cup, and we will see if Greg takes that seriously <laughs> or not. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought about that before. Well, I do care about the U.S. Open Cup, but we're going to get all the trophies. Yeah, but... um. Looking ahead to this next game for U.S. national team, played Chile on Tuesday. Uh, Chile's first game, I, I think they only played two games in this international break. But either, uh, I think so, yeah. Either way, they played uh, Mexico the other day, and Mexico actually won 3-1. to one. Um, I didn't watch that game at all. I didn't even look at stats. I just saw the scoreline, <laughs> and I loved that Chile lost. So <laughs> yeah. That's Don't always good. Um, other hey, than we might that, see more of that if they uh, if Comnibol joins with CONCACAF once again for, you know, um, for I another Copa competition. That's a <laughs> it's all about thing. the money. It's all about the dollar dollars. Yeah, they're, I don't know. I saw something that they want to do Copa America and like change it permanently yeah. so that U.S. and Mexico and a couple other right. Caribbean or Central American teams are in it. No, 
That's not going to work. No, I think for the purist, I don't like it either. So I'm sorry for my horrible U.S. men's national team analysis, but I really can't remember the last time I cared about a U.S. men's national team game. Yeah. Maybe when the World Cup qualifiers start up again, I'll care again, but it's just so frustrating to me. These these Camp Cupcake things. I mean, I'll probably watch the Gold Cup just because I want to watch as much soccer as right. I can, but I, I'm not like excited about it or anything. I am excited about uh, Copa America. Um even though Argentina's a disaster right now, they're not going to do anything. But Hey, did Messi come out of retirement for the second time for that? <laughs> yeah, he did play the other day. He was the best one on the field, but he was playing with uh, low-quality players all around him. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, we did have a couple other crew players um, on international duty. Justin Merrim played uh, a game with Iraq. He also scored. Um, Iraq winning that game against Syria 1-0. to zero. Um, His goal was a standard Justin Merrim run. Uh, he came into the box, curled it around. It did take a deflection, but it um, curled around the um, goalkeeper, and Iraq got the points. Awesome. Well, tell me how that helps the crew. That helps the crew because Justin Merrim is going to get so confident. He's going to come back and score a massive meat hook against a Brad Guzan. I hope you're right. I hope you're right, but I would much, much rather have three points yesterday than have a Jazzy and Miriam goal for international teams. Sorry, I'm a club over country guy. I'm not yeah. that thrilled about either one of their goals. It doesn't help the crew. So, Yeah, and then um, Costa Rica, Will and Francis was with them. I honestly didn't check that game at all. Did he score a goal? Um, I don't even know if he played, but Costa Rica lost 1-0 to zero against Guatemala. Um, so he probably didn't play. That's then. not great because Guatemala doesn't really have that great of a team. Um, Costa Rica should have won that game probably, but I don't know. I didn't watch the game. I didn't check anything about it. Just saw the scoreline. I wasn't really interested in that game. Did um, that ex crew player play for Guatemala? Oh, I don't even know. I didn't even check. Rodrigo Saravia. Yeah, Saravia. My boy Saravia. Did not check that. Oh. I only check current crew players. <laughs> I only talk about players that are on the roster. Well, I feel like ex-crew players playing for international duty is about just as... I care just as much about current crew, crew players yeah, playing like, for international duty. I care about Aaron Schoenfeld and what he's doing in the Israeli <laughs> uh, club team wherever he's at right now. It's really interesting, though, because I do... For the Saints and for Dortmund, I do enjoy seeing who they play for because most of them actually play for good countries. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of exciting to see them do well on the international stage, but... I'm sorry, CONCACAF is just not it. This I'm international sorry. break was just bad, honestly. There were no good games that I watched anyway. Um, we lost points because... I, I'm not going to say we lost points because of it, but we didn't have our most powerful squad because of the international break, but eh, I'm just done with it. I'm ready to have yeah. a good good week. Looking oh, forward yeah. to Atlanta next week. A little warmer weather. Come out. It'll be a fun time. Bring a friend, a couple of friends. And a blanket. <laughs> because we definitely need to fill that stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I did want to talk about one last thing. I don't know if you're really interested in it, but since we do have some time, um, IFAB, the, the board that makes the laws of the game, they put out a few changes to the rules of the game. Typically in the past, MLS has not put into effect new laws until the following season. Um, last or two years ago, they did make an exception and added VAR in the middle of the season, but they very, very typically don't do that. 
But I just wanted to run through them, see if there's anything that you thought was interesting, because I always find it interesting. But Lawman. Yes, I am a lawman. Um, but one of the things that I found interesting is, this may be because I'm new to the game, but I've never cared for if there's an injury and the team who kicks out the ball and then the other team kicks it back to the goalkeeper. Like, I've never cared for that. I've thought that that's been kind of weird because th- why should there be a potential attack? You know, I feel like if you did a good thing, you should be able to get the ball back where you're at. But yeah. that's what's going to happen now. If a player kicks the ball out for injury, it's not dropped. It's now going to be dropped to that team to be able to continue. In that position? Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah, because that would be good. Um, so, for example, if... Pedro Santos gets fouled. Right? Like he does. Actually fouled and goes down, let's just say, outside the box. And then the other team proceeds on a counterattack while Pedro's still down. What happens in that situation? Well, it depends. If the other team kicks the ball out, they'll get the ball back. But did they get the ball back where they kicked it out? That's my understanding. So I guess there could be some sort of. I guess we'll have to see how it goes into effect, but there could still be some sort of shenanigans. But I also think it's a greater incentive for you. It's better than just kicking it back to the goalkeeper. Yeah. So, but that's what will happen though. Is if it's in the box, for example, last night um, Mensa and some dude from Philadelphia—I don't remember who—clashed heads. Great, great refereeing to immediately stop the play. I think the ball was still in the box. In that case, it goes back to the goalkeeper if it's in the box. Okay. So. so there could actually still be strategy there. Like good sportsmanship might actually still have strategy. Um, but I've always been of the of the effect that, especially if the team with the injury continues to play, that the other team has no obligation to stop. Yeah, exactly. Um, crap, I can't even remember which game I was watching. It might was it yesterday? Did that happen yesterday? I don't think it happened in the crew game. Maybe it did. Or no. It, anyway, I watched a game recently. Um, a player was down and. They their teammates just didn't stop playing, right? And then uh, they lost the ball. The other team started attacking, and they they were being told to kick the ball out by the uh, opposition team. Yeah, there's no way. Like, <laughs> you, you guys didn't kick the ball out Agreed. when your own player was down. Why should why should they have to kick it out and stop their advantage? I, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. That's always annoyed me. If it was immediate by either team, good sportsmanship. But yeah, I, it's the expectation has always annoyed me. Yeah. Um. Another one is. If the ball hits the referee and causes a goal, a change in possession, or a promising attack, and then it becomes a drop ball. I like that. So that's an interesting philosophy. Um, I don't. I feel like maybe an MLS refs are sometimes in the way because they don't get the game. But I, I feel like that's such a rare occasion. But in a weird way, I like it when it happens because you get a great reaction from the crowd. The crowd cheers because it's just something that doesn't happen. It's just kind of funny yeah. that you'll see the ball hit the ref and usually they cheer. So Yeah, but I mean, if it's a, a game-altering situation, yeah. I definitely call that back. And Yeah, definitely the bounce in the I net. Like that rule. I agree with that. But if you're in the midfield and it's just a long pass from the goalkeeper that bounces off the ref's head, I'm not, yeah, too, that's not. I'm not too worried about that being a drop ball. But I thought that was interesting. Um, the one that I think will change the game the most and in a positive way because – um, everybody cries about VAR taking too long, but I think setting up free t- kicks takes entirely too long. I don't have the stats, but it seems like three minutes on average to set up a free kick when you have a wall, yeah. when you have a scorable free kick. Um, so a wall that has three or more defenders, attackers must stay one meter away from the wall. So attacking players will no longer be allowed to stand in the wall, which I think will will speed up free kicks massively. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think that, in my mind, that's going to make a huge difference, but we'll see 
how it works out. Yeah, especially in the MLS. I mean, they're constantly hitting each other. The ref blowing the whistle, stop play, stop play, blah, blah, blah. And then you got people crying because they took the free kick too fast. Make them do it again. So, yeah. so I'm happy about that. Um, one that I find really strange is the ball can be played again before leaving the penalty area on a goal kick. So that's something I really don't care about because um, when there's a goal kick, you I mean, I've never, ever seen the goalie pass it to somebody close. Usually they kick that sucker. Woo. I shouldn't say never because we do play off the back. But no, read that again. Um, so, so when you're in a goal kick, you're in that little the yeah. small box. The um, so the ball the goalkeeper does not it does not have to leave the box before before oh, okay. you take it. So theoretically, you could take a goal kick and pass it to somebody else in the box. Okay, I, I like that because I, yeah. I I've seen that a couple times, especially recently, where the ball hasn't cleared the box and it's like a foot inside the box and they have to redo it. Oh, you've I, had to see them redo it? Yeah, yeah. I think, oh, I don't think I've ever seen that. I think it actually happened at a crew game, like our first home game, if now I remember right. Now that you right. say that, you mean this year? Yeah. Or maybe, maybe <laughs> Shows I'm just... how I was paying attention. All of these games <laughs> I've been watching this year are just mixing through. I'm trying... Um, yeah, now that you say that, there that is true. I had forgotten about that. But yeah, I, I remember specifically a couple occasions within the past couple weeks, a couple games that I've been watching where that has happened where it didn't go all the way out of the box. It was like a foot or something inside and they had to redo it, which is just a waste of time. Yeah, and if I remember right, the rule does say that the defenders still have to stand outside. I'm sorry, not the defenders, but the the attacking team still has to stay outside the box. Yeah. So there's no possibility unless you're Steve Clark for the ball to bounce back into the goal after <laughs> right. you kick it. So. Unless you're Joe Bendick. <laughs> yeah. Now this one I know for sure did happen to the crew. Accidental handballs. Even if you didn't intentionally touch the ball, if the ball deflects off a hand into the goal, it's a no goal. So or off of off of an attacking team. So I do remember last year there was a Justin Miram goal that he headed into his arm that bounced in, but they said it was you know unintentional, so therefore it was a good goal. But that would that would be called off under the new rules. And also goes so far as to if you gain possession after a ball touches the hand or arm, which I've complained a lot about the handball rule because it's so confusing and it's so subjective based on the referee thinks. I think this is yeah. going to make it worse because now there's one standard for attackers and then the uh, the intentionality still applies to the non-attacker. So I'm still of the opinion if it touches your hand, tough cookies, whatever it is, penalty, no goal, uh, direct fee kick, whatever it is, I think that should just be the rule. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to see that happen because then people are just going to try to hit the hand on purpose to get to get a penalty and I think that'll take a lot of the attacking quality out. Do you think don't you think people do that already now though? Uh, honestly no. no. I mean I, I don't think they intentionally try to kick it into someone else's hand to get a, a call their way. We'll just see defenders with their hands behind their back more. Yeah. I I don't know. I just think that I, I think the whole thing is dumb. And also I think Darb said this, but I think that if you define the hand as the hand instead of like the arm and the shoulder and the whatever, that makes it confusing you just make it the hand. Like this this part here, that's arm, that's well, not a hand. You can still touch it with like your forearm and your elbow and that's like the same thing. Yeah, so it looks goofy. Um this one I really, really like because because the as the current rule stands on the coin toss, you only get to pick direction. So the coin toss winner picks which direction they kick off on, and then the loser kicks off. So that's why um, a lot of times when you see the crew kick off, you're like, why are we attacking Nordek in the first half? It's because the other team won the, the coin toss. Oh, okay. But now the rule says that you can pick. If you win the coin toss, you can choose to either pick sides or kick off first. So that gives you the ability to like, you know, 
make a decision based on that. You're, I would always pick sides. Like taking yeah. off first, it doesn't matter. Yeah, agreed. Who cares? So that's the th- so that's the the way it goes. But that's interesting. We'll see. Maybe there's a maybe there's a team that wants to kick off first. But apparently, uh, the IFAB was saying that players were requesting to kick off first. I think it's because they changed the rule now that you don't have to kick forward anymore on the kickoff. That you can actually kick in any direction. Oh yeah. So that might. And you can actually score off of a kickoff now, so that might be a reason people are asking for it more. I don't know. Anyway, right. if there's a crew player listening to this, you pick direction and you attack yes. Nordic in the second always, half. Always, 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 always. All right, so we've got just a couple more. Um, the goal kick, I'm sorry, the goalkeeper on a penalty kick, you have to keep one foot on the goal line <laughs> instead of both. I, I don't foresee stupid. anything happening here because they never enforce that rule anyway. Yeah. The goalkeeper always comes off their line before the goal is kicked, and they never enforce it. So. I just think that's an adjusted rule, but we're not going to notice that. Ooh, Marco Rice coming on. I, ho- I don't think it's enough time, but... Um, yep, so that's the goal kicker, kicker one. And then I really like this rule. This is more of a referee nerd rule, though, is that um, the rules currently say that to uh, issue a yellow card, it has to be issued before the start of play, or else you don't, you can't show it. So that's why a lot of times you'll see a quick free kick and the referee's blowing the whistle, stop play, stop play, stop play, because I have to issue a yellow card. Well, they're changing that, that you're allowed to, that the referees can now show yellow cards and red cards because the current raw rule under the red card says the play must be stopped to show a red card. Right. And so, um, so this now says that you can do it, the yellow card or red card later, so that if a team takes a free kick, you are, that the refs now have the ability to show a red card or yellow card after. Oh, even red after. card. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I like that. Because, like, with a red card, if they stop the play, you know a red card is coming out. That's true. That's a good point. I feel like now it's going to be a little more nerve-wracking. Like, if you let play go on, oh, was that a red? Was that a yellow? Yeah, I think most of the time, though, I, I can't think of many times that it would really be affected on the red card. But I feel like maybe if you're, like, in a good potential attacking position and you have, like, a, a you know, like, one of the the practice field goal set up where yeah. you can pass it or something, then maybe you would do it real quick and you get a goal and who cares if your guy gets a red card. But right. uh, but that's one of the changes. Um, this one I love for time wasting. I actually, I can't decide whether I love it or hate it. I think it depends on whether it affects my team. But now a substituted player must leave at the nearest touchline or end line. They can't. They don't. They no longer have to walk to the center anymore. And that usually takes five hours, which <laughs> when your team's up, you know, three, two, and there's five minutes left. That's awesome. But yeah. when you're down, like get your butt off the field. So I do like that. I think that will speed up the, uh, the game or at least the, the tempo of the game in general. I do like that change just because it, there is a lot of time wasted with those, um, with those moments. However, I do hope that they don't enforce that. It's not a situation that happens all the time, but you know, like a legend player that's getting clapped off the field for oh, like fair. the last time or whatever. takes his time. Oh, Germany just scored. Oh, good. Anyway, who cares about these German lads? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but if there's like a situation like that, you know, there's there's a legend coming off the field or, or something that, that needs to be uh, recognized by the by the public, by the crowd, I think they should be allowed to take the walk to to uh, midfield. Or That's fair. Um, I think they already do do have some sort of rule. <laughs> in the, do they do have some sort of rule in that situation where I, I've seen like, you know, they're allowed to be clapped for a couple minutes. Um, t- I feel like, hmm, I think, hmm, I guess I'll have to depend on how competitive the competition is. Um, and then the last one that I think has already been in effect, um, they've, they've tested it and it's worked really well and I've actually seen it already, but um, in the technical area, so, because uh, right now, 
the ref that has to go over and like make hand motions to the coach and the coaching staff. But now they can show yellow and red cards to the coaching staff, which I think will be really helpful for your Mourinho's and wingers who like pretend like, oh, I don't know what he's saying. And the ref has to stand there for five minutes, like pointing off the field. Like, I don't, I don't know what that means. So now it's pretty obvious, you know, show a yellow card or red card. So I think that'll also help um, show some respect. So what's what's the the over under how many games before Caleb gets a card? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it's next season, let's say, let's do... Hmm, five, and I'll take the under and five. five. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll go over and just be different. Sweet. <laughs> I, I probably won't remember this next year. No, but. not at all. But yeah, so we'll see what happens. If pro issues anything, we'll bring those up again. Um, I always find that interesting. Yeah, so we'll see you after the Atlanta game next week. Um, I'm Todd Fichtenberg t- at Todd33 for Dakota Stewart at Dakota Stewart. Send all your hate mail at either one of us or at podcast the number four. C-Bus and we'll talk to you next week Vamos con Lumbos <laughs>